0: hello you are listening to getting after lefty starring gary gatehouse monday wednesday friday we have good questions on the show like uh mr obama sir i have a, just a quick question if i can um i was wondering you know just uh where uh, where the hell is your birth again? All right, uh, it's Wednesday, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. a Wednesday edition, hump day in America, hump day in the free world. Donald Trump wins in New Hampshire. That's right, Donald Trump wins in New Hampshire, and we're moving on. Donald Trump for president. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh... Donald Trump, uh, he devoted some time up in New Hampshire, he did, he was up there talking to the folks, and uh, he laid it all on the line, exactly what he stood for, he was right down there with the blue collar dudes and dudettes, and he was talking at their level, and they was eating it up, and Donald Trump, he might be a billionaire, but I tell you what, that guy could you could put on a different suit of clothes whatever and he would fit in with anybody he's just a regular Joe if you ask me just a regular guy that just happens to be a millionaire and an entrepreneur and a very smart intelligent man that's Donald Trump in a nutshell and if you look at his family if you look at his sons and his daughter and his wife they are a the perfect family none of them smoke none of them drink none of them take drugs you know, ladies and gentlemen, how many families today can say that? How many of the families today can say that with the media looking at them with a microscope and watching every move they make and can't find anything, dirty laundry-wise, to hang on them? Now, that's saying something, isn't it? Now, you look at the other side of the coin, And I'm not going to mention any names in the Democrat-Communist Party that ran because I don't mention Communist names. I'm going to say that the Communist male running against the Communist female won the election up in New Hampshire. One commie beats another into the ground is the headline. The commie, the male commie, beats the female commie and beats her soundly. Now, pundits are saying that the commie female, and her comrades are falling apart. They're coming apart at the seams. The senator, his name starts with a B and his last name ends with an S. He's a commie, a comrade. He beat Comrade H.C. among nearly every demographic group in the Democrat New Hampshire primary. And this is according to exit polls. He carried majorities of both men and women, He won among those with and without college degrees. He won among gun owners and non-gun owners. He beat MC among previous primary voters and those participating for the first time. And he ran ahead uh, among both all of the moderates and liberals. Even so, I guess you could say there were a few silver linings for the female commie. While the male commie bested her among all age groups younger than 45, the two candidates polled evenly amongst voters 45 to 64, and the female commie won the support of geezers. She got the geezer vote, voters 65 and older. She raked in the geezer vote, ladies and gentlemen, because you see the geezer vote, 65 and older, if they are left, if they are Democrats, they are communists too. They are from the same era as the female comrade running against the male comrade. But the female comrade running against the male comrade for the nod from the R the DNC, she lost nearly every income group. She did carry voters and families earning over 200,000 per year. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I was watching a little bit of news today when Fox News, part of the MSM, part of the mainstream media, part of the propaganda machine, the long-arm propaganda machine that spins lies into truth and truths into lies, part of the the machine that backs the the inside-the-beltway congressional or the uh, political cartel used to be known as Congress. I'm talking about Fox News. They were interviewing people that were around and hanging out where the female comrade uh, hung her hat, the campaign headquarters. And if you looked at these individuals, they were old, dried up, shriveled up comrades from the 60s that were probably part of that group that carried the signs when I was in Vietnam and millions like me there, ducking bullets, they were carrying signs, hell no, we won't go, running to uh, Canada, burning their draft cards, hanging out with the female commie's husband over in... Rudgers England. That's the group that she uh, cashed in on. That's the group that won the support of the female comrade 65 and older. 65 and older. That's the only demographic that backed Hillary. The only demographic that backed Hillary. That's saying something, ladies and gentlemen. She's tired, worn out, used up, fried, wrinkled up, and her hippie type crap... And the way she talks about... Uh, socialism and all that... And she just didn't out talk the male commie... He, he out commied her... That's the bottom line... Now Dick Morris... Who's a Clinton insider... Days gone by... He come out and said... That the female commie... Again... Her name... First name starts with an H... And her last name ends with a C... She He said... That that female commie's presidential campaign is falling apart. Is falling apart. Now he said the male commie, BS, that's his initials, soared in New Hampshire. And now two polls have him tying her nationally. It's a disaster, Mr. Dick Morris said. Now she's called in the B-team. She's called in the B-team. The cynical, paranoid, and wacky twins, Sidney Blumenthal and David Brock. Ladies and gentlemen, they, these two people, Sidney Blumenthal and David Brock, have been hanging around, sniffing around, uh, roaming around with the, with the uh, Clintons for decades. For decades. They've been in, hung up on every other damn scandal that the Clintons have got into. They've been a part of them. These two guys, Sidney Blumenthal and David Brock, Brock are just as morally bankrupt as the Clintons are. Well, Clinton called in the B-team to bail her out. And here comes the elderly, diminished, and livid former President Clinton to lead the duo's frantic attacks on B.S., the man that was running, the commie male that was running against the female commie, H.C. The attacks are rooted in nothing more than a dirty list of names. They call the Vermont senator every day. Having found little in his record to attack, they have consulted the Thrasis to turn up ugly-sounding accusations. That's the way the Clintons operate. They go after the juggler vein. They look for any dirty laundry that they can use as a character assassination of whoever they're trying to destroy. Whether it be the women that accused Bill Clinton of raping them, Lewinsky, whoever, they go after him, him, Bill Clinton, and his uh, banjo-ass wife, they go after him, and they destroy him, but they don't have much on Comrade B.S. Comrade B.S. has a coherent, coherent and consistent and concise message. Incomes are stagnant because the economy is rigged by the top one-tenth of one percent that controls politics through massive campaign contributions. That's what OBS says, Comrade BS says. Now, HC has no competing message. Just the charge that Sanders supports supporters are sexist and vulgar. And Brock adds that one of Sanders' ads was racist because it had too many white people in it. They're grabbing for straws, ladies and gentlemen. H.C., Conrad, H.C. and her assassination team are grabbing for straws. Their strategy is laughable. After losing the 84% of young voters in Iowa and failing to recover them in New Hampshire, they sent in two aging fossils of feminism to insult and threaten young women. Remember what that old bag said? Madeline Albright, if you don't vote for H.C., Comrade H.C., there's a place in hell for you. And that old 81-year-old feminist, Gloria Steinem, she charged that young women are only backing Bernie Sanders. I'll say his name, I guess, because that's where they can meet boys. That's the only reason they're backing Bernie Sanders. Gloria Steinem said, because these young women, that's where they, they back Bernie Sanders, because that's where they can be, meet boys. And the 78-year-old sleazeball bag, Ma- Madeleine Albright, threatened to consign a very special place in hell, women who don't back female candidates like Comrade H.C. You know, these two great ways to attract young voters... I guess, uh, uh, B.S., Comrade B.S., the male, he's got it going the right way. He does. The aging and raging ex-president, Bill Clinton, meanwhile, speaking to half-filled gym in a New Hampshire school, ranted about uh, B.S.'s, Comrade B.S.'s hypocrisy in condemning his wife's paid speeches. He said Sanders, too, has given paid speeches. Bill Clinton said and Bill claimed he claimed he's got a point in 2013 for example Sanders made all of $1500 which he donated to a charity as required by federal law. In 2014, he raked in a big whopping $1,850 for paid speeches. By contrast, Clinton made and kept over $21 million during the same time period for given speeches. Sanders only Sanders was only reimbursed for coach class airfare while Clinton demanded private jets. Sanders' hosts were the TV show Real Time with Bill Mayer Avalon Publishing, and the Machinist Unions, Clintons were Goldman Sachs, the big banks, and the pharmaceutical and energy industries. What hypocrisy for Sanders to use that as an issue. You know he ought to be ashamed of himself. You know, but the assassin t- uh, assassination team, the B team, Brock and Blumenthal share the former first lady's enthusiasm for discussing the vast right-wing conspiracy in America. Now that they've been outed as being back on her team, it's easy to understand why Clinton sees conspiracies everywhere. She sees them under the bed, everywhere. This paranoia, egged on by the B twin, a uh, big uh, the B twin. Assassination Team, character Assassination Team, explains H.C.'s failure to grasp the, 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 the changes. Her own misconduct has wrought on her image. To say nothing that the societal and economic tectonic shifts at work, never, no, it's all the GOP's fault. You see, the Clintons are always victims. Every damn time. It's always somebody else's fault. These young people have caught on. They've caught on. And you can bring in the Blumenthal's, and you can bring in the B Team, and it just isn't going to work. Now they work to spend Monica Lewinsky's as a crazed stalker of an innocent president. He was the victim, you see, and his hundreds of gossipy emails urged Clinton to do all she could do to topple Muhammad Gaddafi when she was Secretary of State without realizing that it would open the door and let the terrorists waltz in. He hides in the shadows, ducking subpoenas and frantically emailing his crazy self-serving ideas while flattering his way into Clinton's affections. This guy Brock first came into the Clinton camp as a a convert from conservatism. I remember him, David Brock. He's always been an idiot. But before he did so, he outed Paula Jones, triggering Bill Clinton to lie to a grand jury, resulting in close to a million bucks in payoff to Jones and thousands in court fines, as well as disbarment and impeachment scandals. I'm talking about Clinton now. Now this guy Brock serves to destroy Hillary Clinton's career as well by counseling a scorched earth policy that savages mister Sanders and alienates the very young people who must provide HC's her political base in the general election. It's going away. This guy David Brock, he has sold the farm. And HC and her old man shriveled up Bill Clinton have bought into it again and it's falling apart the the farm is falling apart but you know ladies and gentlemen neither the uh, assassination twins nor Bill Clinton's rage they really can't save the bewildered former Secretary of State who cannot understand why a funny thing is happening on her way to her coronation. Voters looked at her and ran screaming. The lady in the pantsuit, designed, sewn up, and made by Omar the tentmaker. Hillary, rotten Clinton. You ain't going nowhere, baby, but down. Your days and your husband's days of being out front and dictating to the American people what you want, and you people getting away with everything, every crime that you have committed in the past, it's all caught up with you. And since you have such a big ass, Hillary, that big teeth is reaching out, and it has finally grabbed you by the ass. And it's shaking you around, and you just do not understand why you can't be elected. Nobody. Wants you. You're a phony. You're morally bankrupt. That's why. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Wednesday edition, Hump Day in America, Hump Day in the Free World, and it is a beautiful day down here in South Texas. Sun is shining. It's about 78 degrees, going to be close to 90 by the weekend. What a hell of a way to spend spend the, the, the winter! Oh, I don't know if I can take it anymore. I think I'll go to the beach. We'll be right back after a few short messages.
1: Liberty Council is a litigation, education, and policy organization established to preserve and advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family. We have offices in various places around the United States and affiliate attorneys in all 50 states, plus a major outreach in the nation of Israel. Don't get discouraged about what's happening in our country and around the world. Get encouraged. Get on your knees in prayer and get involved. Stand with us in preserving our Judeo-Christian values. Visit lc.org. Liberty Council files Supreme Court brief supporting Texas abortion restrictions. I am Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. We'll talk about this next on Freedom's Call. Our client Operation Rescue was leading an investigation in Texas exposing the conditions of abortion clinics there as to how the deregulation jeopardizes the health of women across the state. These findings were critical in the minds of the Texas legislature and motivated the law increasing the regulations and restrictions on abortion clinics. Our amicus brief will bring this same information before the U.S. Supreme Court. It will provide the court with a better understanding of the poor equipment, dirty environment, and the health risk of Texas women facing these unregulated abortion clinics that were shut down after this law was passed. Please pray for this case and for the truth to shine in this matter. For more information, visit lc.org. In Congress, in the courtroom, and in your community, Liberty Council is advancing life, liberty, and the family. Log on to lc.org. Well, looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station.
0: This is Gary Gatehouse. Make sure you tune in to Restoration Radio International Weekends to listen to the Gary Gatehouse radio shows back-to-back. Wow.
1: More than two million Americans have served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the Department of Veterans Affairs reports that approximately 11 to 20 percent of those warriors may have experienced symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. As we recognize PTSD Awareness Month, Real Warriors campaign volunteer Meg Mitchum, a former Army combat medic who served in Iraq, encourages fellow warriors to reach out when they need help.
2: The hardest step was admitting that I needed help coping with PTSD. Once I did, my command and unit fully supported me, and I was able to get the care I needed. Getting support helped me succeed in the military and now in my civilian career.
1: If you or a loved one is coping with an invisible wound, resources are available, and they work. For more information, visit the Real Warriors campaign at realwarriors.net or call 866-966-1020.
0: You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on FreedomInAmericaRadio.com. That you are, FreedomInAmericaRadio.com, coming out of Pennsylvania. Station owner Mr. Billy Van Horn. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, after this election win today in New Hampshire, Donald Trump is moving on. He's moving on and heading down south to Carolinas, and he's going to do the same damn thing down there. Now, a lot of folks, a lot of pundits, a lot of folks up there in the mainstream media up there on the East Coast, the people that make their living off of looking at the tea leaves and looking in the crystal balls and doing all the analysis and all the anal analysis and sitting down and analyzing the analyst who uh, analyze the analyst, you see them on Fox News all the time. They played them across the God darn stream, screen. And they sit down and they all go through a whole scenario of what ifs, how comes, what have they got to do. And then they analyze that and they bring the next bunch of people on and analyze what those people just said. And it goes on all damn day. It's crazy, isn't it? Why, does, why can't they just say Donald Trump won? in New Hampshire, he's moving on down to the Carolinas, and they won't pick it up from there, but I realize, mainstream media, propaganda arm of the political cartel inside the Beltway used to be called Congress, and it's not just ABC, NBC, CNN, and New York Times and public broadcasting, it's Fox News as well, they're in bed, they got their favorite guy, they went after Trump. Hook, line, and sinker all the time. Banging him uh, uh, I don't know. God, I'm so riled up right now. I'm so happy one way and I'm sort of, uh, I don't know, wound up tighter than an eight-day clock. I guess Gary Gatehouse gets that way when things are going great, you know. I just love it. And there's a new page in American politics today. It's the first page, I agree. And it's a fairly good thick book that we've got to go through. The Campaign... But Donald Trump has come back. He's on the main line. He's going to get our country out of the ditch and back on the main road to success again. He's going to make America great again. Greater than it's ever been. And the folks up on the East Coast and the mainstream media and the Hollywood folks and all the left-wing folks and all the progressives in the RNC, they just cannot stand it that their boy didn't win, oh yeah, I guess Jeb Bush and Kasich, uh, they can point to them and say they're going to give Trump a hard time when they get down there in the Carolinas where the demographics are a lot different than they are up New Hampshire, there's a lot different dif- demographics than up New Hampshire, one guy said, those folk in the, up in New Hampshire, they'd be all white folks. You get down here in the Carolinas, these guys are going to have to deal with black folks and all other kinds of folks. Just want to remind you Bush is white. Kasich's white. They're all white except Cruz and Rubio. Trump's white. And the black folks, don't you give them any credit whatsoever? You know, they've been beat about the head for decades and decades and decades by the Politburo and the Comrades that come out of the uh, DNC and the Democrat Communist Party, Progressive Party Socialist Marxist Party whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days and I think the black folks the black community has finally had enough of it and I think they're going to rise up they're going to rise up and try something new and I've said it many times before but I'll say it again I'll go through the whole scenario black folks of the black community nationwide. They were slaves a long time ago. Abraham Lincoln tur- took care of that with the Emancipation Proclamation. And a lot of boys went over and fought each other. Dads bought, fought sons and etc. You know what I'm talking about, the Civil War. And, and that ended slavery. Sort of. It took a long time to get r- rid of all the ramifications of what slavery entailed but they finally got we finally got to a point where we can look back and say that all that crap is gone now but no we can't the slaves they got off the plantations they were free they were American and it took a long process along the way to get them to where they are now the black folks are But the Democrat Party, they're the ones that wore the little white suits and the little pointy white hats. They're the ones from down south. Jim Crow, the whole nine yards, it was Democrats, and through their fast talking have managed to turn it around and make it look like the Republican Party has done it. Now don't get me wrong, I don't have much faith in the Republican Party anymore. Matter of fact, I don't have any. But I'm just talking about facts here. Now you get the black uh, community in the United States of America and along comes a black guy and he gets elected president. Barack Hussein Obama Jr. And he said he was going to change things and the black people bought into it. Oh my God, he's going to get everything smoothed out and all this racism that's still floating around it's going to be smoothed out and dealt with. He increased it. He expanded it. He made it worse. What party does he belong to? Is it the Republican Party? No way, Jose. It's the Democrat Party. And let me ask you black folks this. All you church leaders, all you preachers, all you born-again Christians, all you Baptists, all you black folks in your communities, you know, growing up, I used to walk, Passed a couple of back, black churches on the way to my church every Sunday, which, by the way, had black people in it. And I used to walk by and hear the choirs in there singing black gospel music. I used to stop and listen to it. It was so beautiful. It was so, uh, I don't know. It got you going. It got your blood going. I loved it. And one time, a friend of mine, his name was Harry Carriger. I said, Harry can I go to church with your mom and dad? They were black. And he asked his mom and dad, and they said, well, yeah. And they were Baptist. And I went to their church, and I had one heck of a good time. And it was so enlightening and uplifting. It really was. But I'm kind of drifting away from what I'm trying to make a point here. The black community has never got off the plantation. They have never got off of it. All you have to go and look at any major city in the United States, and there's a ghetto there. And in that ghetto is the black community, black folks. Most of the kids have a mom, not a dad. And a mom, for the most part, is just scraping to try to make ends meet and get by. There is so much drugs, so much prostitution, so much of everything that is not good for a community is in the black community. Those black kids have got to go to schools that are at the bottom of the barrel as far as the things that they have access to. At the bottom of the barrel. I'm not talking about in D.C. That's where the, uh, the, the Democrats like to, like to point and say, well, look at these black schools. Look at all these people here. They've they got the best. Look at all those computers. I'm talking about the kids in schools, going to schools inside the ghettos up in New York City, Chicago, Kansas City, uh, Houston, wherever a ghetto exists. And like I said, their folks, their moms for the most part, have never got off the plantation. And you know what that plantation is? It was created by the Democrats a long time ago. It's the welfare plantation. And these four, these po- folks, these black folks, in the ghettos, are on the welfare plantation. And some of them were born into it and are on it today never ever getting off the welfare plantation and along comes people like Hillary Clinton along comes people like a lot of congressmen in the democrat party and when it comes time for their re-election and their constituents are from the black community or the ghettos where do these democrats go? they go to the black churches churches and the black pastor allows these black uh, people that are in the Democrat Party running for re election to climb up into the pulpit and preach the gospel of socialism. Preach the gospel of just like me one more time and I'll get you everything you need and all the hallelujahs go up and when the dust settles and the man or woman's re elected not, nothing happens nothing happens it's a two year and a four year cycle to perpetuate the plantation of welfare in the black community look at the unemployment of black community the young people the young boys and girls young men and women it's so high it's out of sight but nobody cares look at all the murders. Black-on-black crime in the big cities of New York and Chicago, Los Angeles. Obama talks about taking guns away, and Obama talks about anything he wants and tries to do as far as the Second Amendment goes. He always points to guns, and we've got to take them away. Guns don't kill anybody. It's the people that own them, the people that steal them, the people that barter for them. And they' they're, they're uh, all over these black communities, young men have them to protect themselves and I guess to commit crime as well. When you're living in despair, and you're living from day to day knowing that there's nothing out there for you, not a job, nothing. And I don't get me wrong, I'm not making excuses for these folks. But I think these folks are finally waking up. They know the likes of Hillary Clinton. They know the likes of all those individuals in the past that have told them and promised them pie in the sky and never come through on anything. I think the black community is finally wising up that maybe they might need to try another approach. Support somebody else. And before we go to break, there's one individual, Republican and Democrat, that has made uh, success running his own businesses, made his success as an entrepreneur, Mr. Donald Trump. Mr. Donald Trump owns... Hundreds and hundreds of businesses that employ thousands and thousands of people. The black community? If I was a black girl or black boy, young man, young woman, that had something going for me, I would hook my wagon to that star, Mr. Donald Trump. Mr. Donald Trump gets the job done. And as he says, he makes the deals to get the job done. The people in Congress, they just make promises. They never get anything done. And they're never, ever held accountable. So the bottom line is, moving on to Carolina, and the demographics there are different, and the Democrats think that they've got it all going in the bag down there because they got the black communities, and the black communities are votes that they know they can count on Because the black community always votes for Democrats. And the black community is in the back pocket of Democrats. And the Democrats don't have to say too much or promise too much to get that vote out there and get them down there and vote for the Democrat, Hillary Clinton, or the other guy. And I think the black community I think they're wising up. Not all of them. But I think they're wising up that these people, the Democrats, have been beating them about the head for decades, promising them everything under the sun. And they look around and they see their children going to substandard schools. They see their kids never getting out of the ghetto. I think they're adding, putting two and two together, connecting the dots. And I think if Mr. Trump goes down there and not only promises to do stuff, I think this man will do it. He will follow through on what he says. So I'm not giving anybody any advice. I'm just saying it might be something that the black community looks at. They might just have a real good hard look at Donald Trump at his success, the people that work for him, the types of businesses he has and I think he's an out front honest man but he tells it like it is he don't pony punches and I think that's something all Americans want I think that's something we've been missing for a long time in a president you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse radio show Wednesday edition hump day in America hump day in the free world you know ladies and gentlemen before we go to break I would like to thank some individuals that sent me some emails and I keep it like I've said on many shows I get a lot of emails from Sweden and I'm not going to mention these people's names but all I can say is I'm very sorry for you over there and what you're going through with the Muslims over there in the situation you young women over there, all I can say is take care of yourself. And you young people over there, you young men, stand up and protect your women, damn it. They're your moms, your sisters, your friends. Protect them. That's all I got to say. But you keep the emails coming, and I'll try to answer as many as I can. And you can contact me at Gary Gatehouse at Hush hush.com drop me an email let me know what's going on in your neck of the wood let me know what you're up to let me know what's going on in your community give me your comments whatever you want to send I'll try to respond and if there's something you want me to respond to or mention or say or shout outs on the air I'll do that as well we'll be right back
3: You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show.
0: Hey, it's Gary Gatehouse, and I'd like to give you a hot flash here. Trade Martin, that's right, Trade Martin, famous producer. Famous music writer now has his own radio show on Sunday morning. That's right, Big Dog Radio. And you can get him on Big Dog Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Don't forget, every Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Enjoy your freedom, support combat wounded veterans, Presented by the Military Order of the Purple Heart. For more information, visit www.purpleheart.org.
0: Yeah, Roadrunner, beep beep, watch out. Uh, Here comes Trump, he's heading south. Beep beep. Beep beep. Trump's on the move. You know, Donald Trump was backed by a very broad support amongst voters up in New Hampshire. And these voters were seeking a political outsider. Angry at the Obama administration, strong worry about the economy and terrorism, and substantial backing from some of his controversial policy proposals. Controversy in whose eyes? The status quo? Oh yeah, Trump said he's going to get things done. The status quo always say they're going to get things done, and they never do. Or they do, but it's always wrong. It never works, except for them. Alone comes Trump, and he's completely different. He's a guy on the outside of the beltway, looking in. And you know what? I think the American people have caught on to this. The mainstream media is trying every damn thing it can to throw every stumbling block they can in front of Trump. And he just shrugs it off and keeps on trucking. But you know, Trump did particularly well among voters in New Hampshire looking for a candidate who tells it like it is. And among those with less education. And with good education, he covers the whole gambit of everything. And he appealed to a New Hampshire electorate that was far more conservative than usual for the state. Doing much better with strong conservatives and evangelicals than he did in Iowa, ladies and gentlemen. Now, among Mr. Trump's key results in the election up in New Hampshire, explaining his showing, half said they wanted a political outsider. in this group backed Mr. Trump. The next closest was Mr. Ted Cruz with just 12%. They wanted a political outsider. Now these are people that have looked at the whole I don't know, the whole darn layout as far as politics go. Both Republican and Democrat and they understand these people in New Hampshire, and I don't think it's just New Hampshire. I think it's going to happen everywhere he goes. The people of America are freaking fed up. They've had it. And A couple of weeks ago, I played a, a, a little short blurp, video, audio blurp about Paul Ryan complaining about the budget that was just passed and how they had to do whatever they had to do to to counteract it. By God, he's the one that passed it. Him and his leadership up there in Washington, D.C., the Republicans, they gave Obama every damn thing he and the Democrat Party wanted. It was so bad that the leadership of the Democrat Party thanked Paul Ryan for doing it. Paul Ryan, John Boehner, Jr., the leadership of the... RNC, phony, airbags. They don't give a crap about the United States, the people of, we the people. They could care less. They have a good thing going, ladies and gentlemen, them and the Democrats. The whole damn bunch are nothing but progressives, and we know another word for progressive, don't we? It starts with a C and it ends with a T. Anyway a man comes along Donald Trump very successful entrepreneur business owner businessman been around a long time dealt with all kinds of people sat across the table from people who own huge businesses throughout the world sat across the table from leaders of foreign countries worked with Chinese he worked with them all and when he says something he makes it happen he makes it happen. See, because that is the nature of the beast. That is the nature of Donald Trump. He don't sit around and twiddle his thumbs and hope somebody else is going to carry the water for him. He doesn't sit around and say, well, I tried. And that really looks good. I tried. So that's all I can do. I can try. But if it don't work out, well, at least I tried. That's the, that's the whole train of thought in D.C. Republican and Democrat. They tried. They tried their best, and that's as far as it went. And here we, the people, sit. In the heartland, out over in flyover country, down south, all the folks east of the west of the Mississippi. Here we sit, with the funnel coming out of Washington D.C. The tax money, the majority of it, stops in that big area there: Washington D.C., Maryland, Virginia and the little surrounding areas, all the the big money stops there, the big employment stops there, all the the breadcrumbs that are left, well, they're funneled out to the heartland. They're funneled down to the people in the south or up north. We get the breadcrumbs of our hard-earned taxpayer money. Look around. Look at all the infrastructure on the East Coast. Look at all the high-speed trains, commuter trains, etc. It's on the East Coast. Or on the West Coast, it's not in the middle. You go up to Chicago and a lot of that crap up there is outdated. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, I think the American people have finally come to realize, they've scratched their head and said, Man, this ain't working out. Uh, we, we've been we've been working, Mary, we've been working, have, we've been working all of our lives. You and I are working two jobs, Mary. We have a nice little home and a nice car and a pickup truck, maybe. And we go to the movies on the weekends or maybe go out and take the kids out for a pizza. And that's our life. We work hard all day. We work hard all week. Sometimes we work 10 hours, sometimes 8 hours. We work hard, don't we, Mary? And Mary, the one in most households in America that takes care of the money says, yes, we have. And yes, we are. But we don't have much left over when we pay for everything. When we pay the taxes, the earning taxes, etc. We don't have really that much left over. But they don't complain. They don't complain. They go do their jobs because they're Americans hard-working American men and women who get up every damn day of the week, grab a cup of coffee and a bagel or whatever, and out the door they go, in the family truckster on their motorcycle, however they get to work, and they roll their damn sleeves up and they get with it program. But when you go to Congress, it seems like they're always on recess. Always in a cloak room chasing the scribes. I don't know what they do. But they'll stand up in front of the television and tell Americans, anytime they have the opportunity, just how hard they're working for us. And then they go back to their little office and they laugh their ass off at We the People. And like I said, along comes this guy, Donald Trump. And people look at him and he say, wow, that dude's got it all together. Look at that family. They don't smoke, don't drink, don't take dope, clean cut, articulate. Look at him. And he's successful. I want to be like that guy. I'd like to see my family end up something like his family. And Donald Trump says, "Let me president and I'm going to help you do that. I'm going to help you get out there. I'm going to find, I'm going to create jobs. And America, don't you, wouldn't you believe him before you would Paul Ryan or Nancy Pelosi or Harry Reid or Chuck Schumer or any of that damn bunch up there, this status quo that are part of the political cartel, which, by the way, in times past, we used to call Congress. Wouldn't you believe Donald Trump before you would them? But you know, four in, one, 4 in 10 people who voted for Trump were angry with Obama administration. Trump won 39% of their votes. Next closest was Ted Cruz with 17%. Two-thirds said they support Trump's proposal to temporarily ban Muslims from entering the country. He won 42% of their votes. He was saying it when everybody else was calling him a racist. Everybody else was coming down on him like a ton of bricks. Didn't bother him. He stood by his word. He said he's going to ban Muslims if he's president. From entering the country. Until they, the immigration gets their act together. And we find a way to vet all of these Muslims coming from Syria etc. Before they step one foot in our country. He caught a lot of hell from Fox. He caught a lot of hell from all the mainstream media. Most of the cartel up there in Washington from his own party. Called him a racist, a, a Islamophobe. Didn't bother him. Didn't bother him. Stood by his word. 42% of the vote, Mr. Trump got. Four in ten supported deporting undocumented immigrants. Mr. Trump won 46% in this group. He's the man who kicked it all off in the first debate. And before that, when he said, all illegals must leave the country. And the political cartel, they were knocked down. They couldn't believe that somebody would stand up there in front of God and everybody and utter those words. Rubio and the rest of the cartel were telling us we've got to give in. These people broke the laws, broke into our country, all 11 million. It's more like 20, 25 million. But we've got to support them. We've got to pay for their kids' education. we got to pay for their food. we got to pay for their housing. We've got to pay for their health care. And by the way, you dumbass Americans, your constituents, you, we the people, you're going to pay for it. Donald Trump says, I don't think so. I don't think so. Four in ten supported deporting undocumented immigrants. Donald Trump won 46% in this group. Seven in ten said they're very worried about the economy. Donald Trump won 35% of them. Six in ten were very worried about terrorism. Donald Trump won 36% of their votes. You remember what he said about ISIS, don't you? Uh, Mr. Trump, uh, what are you going to be doing about them there ISIS boys? What are you going to be doing about them boys over there them in lopping them heads off and stuff? Well, I tell you what I'm going to do if I'm president. I'm going to bomb the holy hell out of them. I'm going to bomb them into oblivion, says Mr. Trump. Have you heard anybody else say that? They constantly are talking about putting boots on the ground. Well, if I get elected here, said here, this here senator, I'm going to be putting all kinds of boots. All kinds of boots. Men boots, women boots, pussin' boots, transgender boots. I'm going to put them all on the ground over there. And we're going to be going out their ISIS on Mondays and Wednesdays. Rest time, them boots are going to be back in the compound playing video games. You know, I was part of a war, the Vietnam War. And us guys went over there, we were sent over there by our government to go over and kick North Vietnam's ass because they broke the CETO Treaty, S-E-A-T-O, look it up. They were invading South Vietnam, a free country. The people of the North were proxy, it was a proxy war ran by the communist Chinese. We went over there and we were going to kick their ass. And the Democrats said, well, hold on here a minute there you got to get over here and let me tie both your hands behind your back. Now you all can go fight a war. But don't be bombing that. Don't be shooting here. They're doing it again. Every time a Democrat is in charge, every time a Democrat is the commander-in-chief, they screw it up and they get a lot of men killed. A lot of men killed. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, a fifth of Republican voters were looking for a candidate who, like I said, tells it like it is. While not a large group, it was Trump's single best group that he won. He won 63% of their votes. He also won 34% of those focused on focused on change. Voters haven't gone beyond high school were Trump's best group by education. He won 45% of their votes. His support fell as education increased to 21% among voters with a postgraduate education. Still highly competitive in that group. I wonder why it dropped when it got up into postgraduate education or up into college educated people. Why? Because they were going and they graduated from colleges and they were taught and indoctrinated by socialist, Marxist, communist, progressive professors so hell when they come out of college and they hear somebody like Donald Trump talking a capitalist that's the big red flag for these kids coming out of college look at them flock to Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton two communists that's their bag so if I was Donald Trump I'd concentrate on all those folks that graduated from high school the folks that make the country run The folks that roll their sleeves up and work. Mr. and Mrs. Joe Sixpack. You know, the ones with the blue collars on? Voters who haven't gone beyond high school were Trump. Like I said, Trump's best at by education. He won 45% of their votes. The rest, the college people, he won 25%. 21%, excuse me. Trump also did notably well in one further group, winning 4 in 10 of those who are optimistic about life for the next generation of Americans. His support was remarkably consistent among many other groups by gender, ideology, partisanship, income, and most age groups, save seniors. Seniors, I guess, didn't want anything to do with him. Again, when you look at the geezers and you look at the seniors, 65 and over, they are part of the '60s. They're the baby boomers. They are the hell no, we won't go burn the bar, burn the bra, burn the draft card, run to Canada. They're they're that group. They've got older now, but they still hold on to that damn way uh, way of thinking. So you're not going to do good with them. That's the group that supports Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, but mostly Hillary. She does real well with the geezer group. But you know, Rhino Rhino John Kasich. Looks like Trump's opposite in many respects. His best group included those who oppose banning Muslims or deporting undocumented immigrants. Yeah, those who oppose that. Moderates, more educated voters, those who are somewhat rather than very worried about the economy and terrorism, those who are dissatisfied rather than angry with the federal government, and those focused on experience rather than an outsider. They want status quo. They want a mommy and daddy government. They want things just the way they are. That's why I call John Kasich a rhino. And that's exactly what he is. And the people that vote for him, that's what they are as well. They ought to change the Democrats. And this thing, moderates, that's a bunch of crap. Moderates. Those are the people that wet their finger and see which way the political winds are blowing. And that's who they were uh, stand by that particular day. I guess John Kasich caught him on a good day when the winds were blowing his way. Now you got Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz's best groups are strong conservatives, evangelicals, and value voters, just as in Iowa. But there were fewer of them in New Hampshire. And those who did appear titled less strongly to Cruz. Ted Cruz is a good man. I don't have any problem with Ted Cruz. If for some reason Mr. O, uh, Trump doesn't make it, Ted Cruz is right there. But him, Cruz, Mr. Ben Carson, that's the only three people that I put any emphasis on when I when I back, back them. Those three. The rest, I ain't got nothing to do with them. Now the status quo RNC rhino pick Marco Rubio did best on electability, experience, and with voters younger than 45. Jeb Bush likewise did his best among voters focused on experience or on handling an international crisis and with moderates. There you go, moderates again. And what international crisis has Jeb Bush ever handled? He's a mama's boy. A woman in the audience in the uh, pump, uh, Donald Trump, uh, town hall meeting a couple of days ago put it the right way. She called Jeb Bush, and I ain't going to use the word, but it's a very succinct word that should be hung on or hung around Jeb Bush's neck. He's a wimp. He's a wuss. He is an absolute freaking wuss. Handle an experience, uh, international crisis? Experience? Experience doing what? Running the state of Florida? Come on, folks. I think Americans found their champion. I think the Americans, for the most part, have found their
3: champions.
0: There's only three out there that I support. And they go in the order of number one priority... Mr. Donald Trump, number two, Mr. Ted Cruz, and number three, Mr. Ben Carson. And I hope to God if Mr. Ted Cruz, if Mr. Donald Trump is elected president of the United States of America, I hope to God he picks up Ben Carson for part of his cabinet or in an agency to run. Mr. Ted Cruz, right there, those three individuals are the only people that you can, I can trust they're really all outsiders and I think that's what America wants that's what they want they're tired of this politically correct crap they're tired of the political cartel in Washington DC they're tired of the good old boy and good old girl attitude when it comes to the cocktail class inside the beltway they're tired of it they're burnt out on it they've had it Those people in D.C. are the ones that are dragging America down. They're the ones that are responsible for all that is wrong with America today. Because you see, they back our public schools, which don't teach our kids anymore. They indoctrinate them. Indoctrinate them in the ideology that is worshipped at the altar in Washington, D.C. The ideology of socialism, progressivism, and yes, even communism. That's the cartel, the political cartel in America today. The outsiders are refreshing. They come from a completely different stance on all the issues. And they look them right in the eye. And they tell we the people exactly what is going to have to happen to get the job done. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Wednesday edition, and we'll be back after the 5-Minute News.
3: You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-Minute News break.
2: This is a Fox News alert. I'm Kathleen Maloney. Fox News is projecting Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders will decisively win the Democratic presidential primary and Donald Trump will win on the Republican side. This is based on Fox exit polls and early voting returns. Supporters of Bernie Sanders are ready for a victory party tonight. Fox News Radio's Rachel Sutherland joins us
3: live.
2: Kathleen, Sanders went into primary day with a double-digit lead, making the argument Hillary Clinton is an establishment candidate who takes money from big banks.
1: My opponent, her super PAC, got $15 million from Wall Street last quarter.
2: Sanders expected to make a victory speech here at Concord High School in Concord, New Hampshire. A podium is at the ready for him, with banners in the background that read "A Future to Believe In." And Kathleen, as you can hear, a very excited crowd. Yeah, for sure, Rachel. Thanks. The winner of the Iowa caucuses, Senator Ted Cruz, must be a little disappointed. Fox News Radio's Granal Scott joining us live. And we are awaiting the results here, Kathleen. Expectations still are high here in the small town of Hollis. As supporters of Ted Cruz await the results of this important primary. Cruz spent much of the day making a few retail stops so to chat with voters. While it does not appear that he is in danger of falling far from the top, estimates are that second or third place is a realistic expectation. For crews here. In the meantime, supporters are gathering in anticipation of these results here in New Hampshire, Kathleen. Thanks, Grenal. An earthquake off the coast of central Chile, magnitude 6.3, no word of any damage yet. And the desertion case of Sergeant Bo Bergdahl temporarily on hold. You're listening to Fox News Radio, Fair and Balanced. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver, any daughter would do the same, but soon enough he needed help doing more things and it was up to me to be his personal shopper and financial manager too. And before I knew it, dad moved in with me, so I became his cook, his personal assistant, his physical therapist and even his nurse. When I started taking care of dad, I didn't realize all the roles I'd have to play, but no matter what, I know I'm still... His daughter. We understand the many roles you play. And to help, we created an online caregiving resource center. At aarp.org caregiving, you can find resources and connect with the caregiving community. Together, we can better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving to learn more. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The Supreme Court halts enforcement of President Obama's plan to reduce carbon dioxide emissions at power plants. These rules were set to move forward. Opponents of them had not done well in the lower courts. They had had some setbacks. And so basically, if they didn't get this stopped now, it would kick into production. And that would change greatly what they had to do with power plants, how they had to change them. Some argued shut them down, how it would have worked. So they said it's going to kill our industry if you don't help us. The Obama administration had argued that is uh, overblowing it, that is over stating the case, it's certainly not going to kill domestic energy production, coal, electricity, those kinds of things. But opponents had said, yes, it will. We need your help to stop this rule. So the Supreme Court in a split vote and that 5-4 razor margin says for now the rules are on hold. Fox's Shannon Bream in Washington. 10 dead, 17 critically injured in a train crash in Germany. A devastating crash in southern Germany as two commuter trains collide head-on in Bavaria. Speeds of up to 60 miles per hour are possible at the crash site. It's located on a curve and the drivers may not have seen each other. That means the trains could have hit without braking, even though an automatic braking system is in place on that stretch of the track. Black boxes from both trains have been recovered from the wreckage. The human impact could have been much higher, however. These trains can hold up to a 1,000 passengers each, and children often use them to go to school. Safety systems at the crash scene were checked as recently as last week. In London, Benjamin Hall, Fox News. Balloons, confetti, lots of cheers for the Super Bowl champs. Thousands of fans celebrating with the Broncos at a parade in Denver. The most
1: satisfying thing about being a player as well as being it in the front office is to be able to bring back that Lombardi trophy to everybody out here.
2: John Elway, a former Broncos quarterback himself, currently general manager of the team, Denver's 24-10 victory over the Panthers, their third Super Bowl championship. I'm Kathleen Maloney, Fox News Radio.
0: Well, welcome back to the second half of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. A blast in the past, the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. First half was all about the election of New Hampshire. The second half, Gary didn't have enough time to cobble together a show there was too much going on so you're listening to the second half the second hour you're listening to the best of gary gatehouse radio show when he comments about barack hussein obama jr and the lies that man has spewed and spoke to the american people time after time listen in Well, here it is, Wednesday Hump Day, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, broadcasting on the GAL Network all the way from South Texas. I hope you all are having a great day, wherever you're at in God's big, beautiful world. Wow, what a speech, huh? Yeah, the silver Tongue devil laid it all out in his The Rape of America speech last night. Wow. That's all I can say is, wow! All you folks out there that still fall on your sword for Barack Hussein Obama Jr. All you folks that still buy into his communist, socialist, Muslim, Islam, I love, illegals, rhetoric, and his position in the world of do nothing, say nothing, hear nothing, just play golf and rape the American people. Well, you got a mouthful, you got an earful, didn't you last night? when Obama, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the silver tongue devil from the south side of Chicago, laid it on us in the Rape of America, address to the nation. Yeah, Wednesday Hump Day. I know you're all going to go out and party tonight. I know damn well you are. And after that speech last night, it serves you right. Go out and party. Yeah, I mean, get drunk. Drink yourself into a stupor. (laughs) Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the champion of everything that is no good in the world, he stands for. The man with no backbone, no spine, but he'll tell you a lie in a heartbeat. With a smile on his face, a pat on the back, and a shiv up your spine. Whoa! Whoa is me! The rape of America addressed to the nation speech. And that's exactly what it was. A bunch of rhetoric, a bunch of hyperbole coming out of the mouth of a Muslim, a communist, who is preaching to his base. That's all it was. You know, folks, after watching that speech last night, I had to go outside. I went outside on the deck and puked my guts out. That guy stood up there and lied to the American people, lied to Europeans, lied to the world with a smile on his face and authority in his voice. You know I'm going to do this. And by God, I'm going to do that. And we've got to do this. And if you don't do that, I'm going to do this. Yeah, right. But you know what he's saying is one thing. Doing is another. But in his case, when he talks about taxes and he talks about screwing the American people and he talks about sticking it to us, you can take that to the bank. He's going to find a way to do it. Because he's got to pay all the bills, you know. He's got to pay the bills for all his buddies, the illegals that are coming across our borders in the thousands. He got to pay all his bills for all his Muslim buddies over there in the Middle East. And yes, he's got to pay all the bills to all those that fall down and kiss him on the backside. He loves him so much. But he hates America. He hates Europe. Barack Hussein Obama Jr. The silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago. The man who sits up there in the White House, who shouldn't be there. The man who arrived there in the coup of 2008 and the re-coup in the 2012 election, sits up there with that great big toothy grin on his face and just relishes in the thought that I can screw America for another two years at least, and if I really work hard at it, I might be able to put in place things that will screw them for decades. You know, ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, brothers and sisters, all you folks here in America, all you folks in Europe, all you patriots that pay attention to what's going on. You know, after watching his speech last night and uh, listening to all the talking heads on the television, all these East Coast elitists, all these so-called journalists and reporters, they're nothing but uh, song and dance men for Obama. They're nothing but puppets for the administration, the communist Democrat Party. That's all they are. They're propaganda spreaders. They are spreaders of misinformation and disinformation, and they will fall on their sword 24 7 for Barack Hussein Obama Jr., or as far as that goes, anybody that comes out of the Communist Democrat Party. I want to read you something and comment on this particular piece that a lady put together based on her observations of Barack Hussein Obama Jr. She calls it the architect of destruction. That's what she calls Obama. The architect of destruction. And she goes on to say, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. appears to be a tormented man, filled with resentment, anger, and disdain for anyone of an opinion or view other than his. He acts in the most hateful, spiteful, vindictive ways in order to manipulate and maintain power and control others, and have control over them. Perhaps because as a child, he grew up harboring an abiding bitterness towards the United States that was instilled in him by his family and his mentors, and it seems to have never left him. It is not the color of his skin that is a problem in America. Rather, it is the blackness that fills his soul, and the hollowness in his heart where there should be abiding pride and love for his country. You know, you've got to think, or just think about this. Have we ever heard Barack Hussein Obama Jr. speak lovingly of the United States or its people with deep appreciation and compassion and general respect for our history, our customs, our sufferings, and our blessings? Has he ever revealed that, like most patriotic Americans, he gets goosebumps when a band plays the Star-Spangled Banner? No, he gets goosebumps when he hears the Muslim call a prayer. His words, that's what he said, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not making this up. She's not making it up. Have you ever heard him say anything good about America? Anything good about our customs, anything good about our blessings, our sufferings, our history. Has he ever revealed that like most patriotic Americans, he gets goosebumps when a band plays the Star Spangled Banner? And she goes on to say, no, he gets goosebumps when he hears a Muslim call a prayer. That's his words, not hers, not mine. Or sheds a tear when he hears a beautiful rendition of America, the beautiful Does this art burst with pride when millions of American flags wave on a national holiday such as the 4th of July or someone plays taps on a trumpet? Has he ever shared the admiration of the military as we as lovers of those who keep us free feel when soldiers march by? No, he's never done that. The only thing he thinks about the military is this. He thinks the military is nothing more than a photo offer him. Upon a, a ploy that he can move around to his own betterment to push his agenda. That's all he thinks about the military. If he were ever asked to join the military when he was younger, you know he would be one of those that was would run as fast as he could away. Now those are my words. Back to this lady's words. She says, has he ever shared the admiration of the military as we as lovers of those who keep us free feel when soldiers march by? You know how we feel. It swells up inside of us. We feel pride when they march by. But she said it is doubtful because Obama did not grow up sharing our experiences, our values. He did not sit at the knee of a grandfather or uncle who showed us his medals and told us about the bravery of his fellow troops as they tramped through foreign lands to keep us and Western Europe free. He didn't have any grandparents who told him stories of suffering and then coming to America penniless and the opportunities they had for building a business and life for their children in the United States of America. Away from this, contrary, as a young child, Obama didn't delight in being part of America. And its greatness. He wasn't singing our patriotic songs. In kindergarten or in school. Or standing on the roadside for a holiday parade. And eating a hot dog. Or lighting sparklers around a campfire on the 4th of July. As fireworks exploded overhead. Or placing flags on gray sites. Of falling beloved American heroes. Our soldiers. Rather. He was separated from all of these experiences. And doesn't really understand us. And what it means to be an American. He is void of the basic emotions that most feel regarding this country and insensitivity to instinctive pride we have in our national heritage. His opinions were formed by those who either envied us or wanted us to devalue or wanted him at least to devalue the United States and the traditions and patriotism that unites us all and makes us feel proud as Americans. He has never given a speech. Now listen to this ladies and gentlemen and think back over all the time he has served in a, in the white house think about this he has never given a speech that is filled with calm reassuring complimentary heartfelt statements about all the people in the United States or Western Europe, as far as that goes, or one that inspires us to be better and grateful and proud that in a short time our country became a leader and a protector of many. Quite the contrary. His speeches always denigrate into mocking, ridiculing, tirades as he faults our achievements, as well as any critics or opposition for the sake of a laugh, or to bolster his ego, He uses his office of the president to threaten and create fear while demeaning and degrading any American who opposes his policies or actions. A secure leader who has no noble self-esteem and and no confidence and refrains from showing such dread of critics and displaying a cocky, haunting attitude. Towards America, towards anything that is good about America, towards Christians, towards anybody in Europe that stands up against Muslims. This man opposes that. He puts policies forward that opposes it. He puts blocks, he puts blockades, whatever he can do to stop anything that would go against what he believes in America and Western Europe should be. Mostly, mostly. His time seems to be spent causing dissension, unrest, and anxiety among the people of America. Rather than uniting us, even though he was presented to us, to us Americans, by the media as the great uniter, he creates chaos for the sake of keeping people separated, envious, aggrieved, and ready to argue. Under his leadership, Americans have been kept on edge rather than in a state of comfort and security. He incites people to be aggressive towards and disrespectful of those of differing opinions. And through such behavior, Obama has lowered the standards here in America for self-control and mature restraint to the level of street-fighting thugs and gangs. When he should be raising the bar for people to strive towards, becoming more considerate, tolerant, self-disciplined, self-sustaining, and self-assured, he has done the exact opposite. You know, patriots, not a day goes by that Barack Hussein Obama Jr. is not attempting to defy our laws, remove our rights, override established procedures, install controversial appointees, enact vice mandates, and assert a dictatorial form of government on we the people. Never has there been a leader of this great land who used such tactics to harm and hurt the people of our beloved country, the United States of America. Never have we had a president who spoke with such caustic evil tongue against the people of America rather than present himself as a soothing, calming, and trustworthy force. Never in this country have we experienced how much stress one man can cause a nation of people on a daily basis. Obama has promoted the denigration of peace, civility, and quality of cooperation between us. He thrives on tearing us down rather than building the country up. He is the architect of the decline of America and the the overall creator of what's going on in this country today. He's the epitome of a demagogue. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this lady, her name is Maureen Scott. No one, absolutely no one, could have described this president more accurately. No one. She has put it on paper. I went through it and added a few words of mine, of course. But this lady, Miss Maureen Scott from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a retired lady who now devotes her time to helping... Uh, military folks who spends time on a military base close to where she lives, helping the military military any way she can. a true patriot, a true patriot, Miss Marine Scott. God bless you. God bless what you've done. God bless what you wrote down on this paper for me, a fellow patriot to go through and get out to the American and the uh, European people. You are a true American. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on the GAL Network. Conservative talk from South Texas.
2: Folks, why won't we go to the doctor? My uncle called, speech all slurred, complaining his arm's numb. He called everyone. He even called my daughter Tiara, cuz you know she's got a year of nursing. <laughs> everyone thinks he needs to go to the doctor, including me. So he said, "Well, will you take me?" I'm like, "I'm on the road." He goes, "I'll wait." <laughs> Stroke's no joke. Dial 911. Time loss is brain loss. Seriously, dial 911. Visit StrokesNoJoke.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: Yep, it happened to me. I was in a crash. I was talking on my cell phone.
3: Then it happened.
2: I was in a crash. I was, like, texting my friend. Then it happened.
1: It happens.
2: I was in a crash. I was putting on my makeup. Then it happened.
1: Reaching for my coffee. I was just reaching. Then. Then it happened. Distracted driving is deadly driving a message from the kentucky office of highway safety
0: oh welcome back to the gary gatehouse radio show you know folks I was watching all the folks last night at the speech and they were all jumping up and down and clapping and he would say something, they'd jump up and sit down and they'd clap and sit down and it's like a bunch of puppets, both sides of the house, the left and the right. But I didn't know until after I watched the, the uh, Rape of America speech that the Obama invited an illegal alien an illegal alien to sit in the box with his first lady, Moochie Michelle Obama. This lady's name was Anna Zamora. She came to the United States illegally. And she was among the 22 people selected to sit with Obama's uh, wife, Michelle, during the State of the Rape of the Union Address. You know, folks, in Europe, if you don't know this, to sit in the box with the First Lady is uh, considered an honor bestowed on people who provide a human face for the liberal agenda. That's the way they look at it. They provide a human face for the liberal agenda that President Obama laid out last night in the Rape of the Union Address. Now, this lady, Anna Zamora, is the face of Obama's executive amnesty, which, by the way, conservative Republicans call an affront to the United States Constitution. They sit up and call it an affront, and they complain about it, but they don't do anything about it. Oh, yeah, they're going to pass a bill, and they're going to send that bill up to the Senate from the House of Representatives saying, We don't like this bill. He's going against the Constitution we got to do something about it. And here's what we're going to do. Blah, 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 blah. And the Senate's going to go, boom! Stamp it, send it up to Obama for his approval, knowing he is not going to approve it. It's all window dressing by the Republicans. But anyway, getting back to this illegal Anna Zamora. The White House described Anna as a letter writer, a student, a dreamer. She was... Here, brought here li- illegally as a child by her parents, who were themselves illegal aliens. And that was exactly why she was being honored at the White House. Her parents were illegals, and she's an illegal, so we're going to honor her. But you know, folks, if Obama had his way, Anna Zamora and her parents would never be deported. They would be among the millions of Illegal aliens who are allowed to stay in our country. That is contrary against current law, against the Constitution. But in accordance with the directives issued by the silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., even though Congress refused to enact his immigration plan, he went around him, he did an end-around with the executive order on this whole immigration deal. Acting unilaterally in November, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. instructed United States immigration officials not to deport illegal aliens who have been in the United States for more than five years. He told representatives of the United States Immigration Authority not to uphold the law of the land. He circumvented Congress. He circumvented laws that are on the books and told those folks that operate under the Border Patrol, etc., immigration officials, not to enforce the law of the land. And he went on to do so many things for illegals. Putting them on buses, busing them around the United States, depositing them in cities and counties and states where he needs new voters. The Communist Democrat Party needs new voters. These illegals will fill in that void. You know, these folks came to our country illegally. They did not pass any kind of background check. They didn't have to. They circumvented that. They did not have to go through any physical examination. They didn't have a passport. They didn't have any kind of papers. Hell, most of them didn't even have a birth certificate. Most of them had nothing but the clothes on their back. Obama said, come on in. Come on in. As a matter of fact, I'm so proud of you, I'm going to put one of you sitting up here in a box with my wife, Moochie, and give you all the praise and adoration that you should have for being illegal in this country who broke our laws which I don't even enforce. God bless you, illegal. And Obama says, you can come out of the shadows and get right with the law. That's what he promised. And this executive order, this presidential directive, applied to Anna's parents as well. You know, folks, all of you that don't pay attention, all of you people that are too busy playing video games, scratching your ass, or doing something else besides paying attention to how your country's going down the gutter. Did you know that two years earlier, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. unilaterally changed immigration policy for young people like Anna Zamora with his Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA program? Did you know that? Do you have any inkling what that imposes on we the people that are here legally, that live here, Do you have any idea what that means to you and your wife or you yourself? Your taxes? Under this DACA program, Obama said they could register, illegals could register with the United States government without fear of deportation and get work permits. Now, all you folks that didn't watch the Rape of the Nation speech last night Given by the silver tongued devil from the south side of Chicago, you probably don't give a damn anyway. You probably could care less until someday somebody knocks on the door and says, We're going to need another fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a year out of your income tax to help pay for these poor illegals. Then that might wake you up. It's happening already. It's happening already. And like I said, Obama said they could register, these illegals could register with the United States government, your government, my government, without any fear of deportation or being sent back to the country they came from when they snuck across the border into our country, broke into our country illegally. And on top of that, he's going to allow them to get work permits. So all you folks out there that are working two and three jobs part-time, all you folks out there that are sitting waiting to get a job, all you paper hangers, all you sheetrock workers, all you construction workers, all you bulldozer drivers, all you folks that depend on a job to feed your families and yourself, and you can't get it because there's none out there. Well, Obama's brought millions of folks in, illegally, against our laws, against the will of the American people, we who pay attention, and gave them all the blessings of being here Without all the frills of, and, and, and problems that they would probably encounter going through the direct process of coming here legally. He circumvented all that. He threw that out the window. He told the border control, don't enforce those laws. I'm telling you right now, don't enforce them. Let them in. And when they got here, he said, oh, good on you. I love you. I want to set you up here, in the, one of you up here in the box with Moochie and all of you folks on to give you work permits. So here are all these illegal third world trash coming into our country. Now listen to this. Coming into our country, and I'm sure it's happening in Europe as well, and they're undermining the workers of America who live here, who've lived there their whole li- our whole life. They're coming in and saying if a sheetrocker gets fifteen dollars an hour to hang sheetrock, this illegal will take that same job for six. If a garbage truck driver, an American, gets twelve dollars an hour to drive a garbage truck, that illegal uh, alien's going to get a ticket for five. The garbage truck driver loses his job, goes home, sits in his house, scratching his ass, scratching his head, and said, "How come I lost my job? Why isn't? Why don't I have a job anymore? Hell, I seen some guy the other day doesn't even look like an American driving my truck." Does any of this bring home to you Americans out there? Or are you a bunch of damn dumbasses that just sit there and scratch your ass and head and can't figure out what's going on in your country? Now this uh, illegal alien, Anna Zamora, she now lives in Dallas, Texas. She has a job and is finishing her last year at Norwood University. Did you hear that? She lives in Dallas, Texas. She has a job and is finishing her last year at Northwood University. Are you folks out there that have kids, young kids, trying to find a job, trying to get money to go to college? Did you hear that? Does that register with you? Does it kind of light up a bell saying, hey, man, I'm getting screwed. My kids and my wife and me are getting screwed, man. This person ain't even American. She got a job. And she's spending her last year at Northwood University in Dallas, Texas. Who in the hell's paying for that? I'll give you one guess. And it's not Santa Claus. But you know, this uh, lady, Anna Zamora, is one of the people who will be singled out by Obama and was singled out by Obama last night because she wrote him a little letter. And it just struck the the, uh, president's heart. The usurper just read this letter and fell all apart. And the letter goes something like this from Miss Anna Zamora. As with any other dreamer, those are kids that are born here by illegal parents. As any other dreamer, my parents came to this country with a dream of a better future for their children. And she wrote this letter last September. And through the administration's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA I discovered that program, Zana Zamora is now closer than ever to fulfilling those dreams. And that's what Obama will be saying, or that's what he said last night when he announced her as off the guest list. Anna Zamora, illegal, hero of the left. Hero of Obama, but you know, in 2012, she qualified and was granted temporary relief and work authorization, and opportunity and credits with getting a job in line with her career path and a better livelihood while finish up finishing up her last year at Northwood University in Texas. Anna's life has fundamentally changed for the better as a result of DACA, and because she has siblings who are. U.S. citizens, her parents, a small business owner, and a construction worker, are among the millions of people who are potentially eligible for the new Deferred Action for Parents of Americans in law enfor- Lawful Permanent Residence Program announced by Barack Hussein Obama Jr. last November. Now, according to the White House, Anna Zamora, the illegal, is now helping other fellow students, Illegal students apply for relief through DACA. She said after college, hopes she hopes to continue her studies and attend graduate school. She will also remain committed to supporting young illegal students looking for an opportunity like she has been afforded. Who's going to pay for her graduate school? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Who's going to pay for that? One guess. One guess. It's not George Washington. I'm sorry if you guessed that. It's not George Washington. It's the taxpayers of America. That's the dirty little secret that a lot of people in America don't understand. When they look at all these people doing all these do-goody things for all these illegals that come into our country illegally, And they get them college educations and they get them jobs and they get them all the health care and they get them all this and all that. Who's paying for it? Well, all the uneducated dolts of America will say, Well, the government's paying for it. I got a little question to ask you, dolts, that I would answer that way. Who is the government? Who is the government? I'll give you a little hint. It's not the president. It's not the House of Representatives. They are occupying seats within the government, but who pays to run it all? Who pays to run all these programs, giveaway programs, that Obama and the left-leaning SOBs do on a daily basis? Is it Obama? Is Obama a trillionaire? Is Obama worth about 18 trillion dollars or fifteen trillion or whatever that he can take it out of his stash and give it away to whoever he likes? Is he paying for it? No, he's not. Here's the dirty little secret. You dumbass Americans that don't pay attention. You dumbass Americans that say, I don't give a damn. You dumbass Americans that couldn't find your ass with both hands. You dumbass Americans who are sitting around on your ass wondering why you don't have a job. Wondering why you can't pay for little Billy or Mary to go to college. You dumbass Americans that can't figure out how you're going to pay for your next medical bill. You dumbass Americans that don't know what's going to happen the day after next because your loan is going to default on your house. You dumbass Americans who are riding around in a 10 or 15 year old truck or car because you can't afford to buy a newer one you're paying for it you get it you dumbass Americans and Americans who really care and are really paying attention and trying to do something about it they're paying for it as well and while Obama's sticking it to America like he did in the Rape the Nation speech he gave last night why he's doing all that Americans Real Americans, legal Americans, themselves and their families and future generations are the ones that are going to take it in the backside. And you can take that to the bank.
3: You are listening to the Gary Gators Radio Show.
2: Officials now recommend everyone everyone, six months of age and older get immunized against influenza this and every year. We all are Faces of Influenza. Vaccination is safe and is the best way to help protect yourself and your family. The American Lung Association urges everyone six months of age and older, and and we we mean everyone, everyone, everyone. to get vaccinated. Visit facesofinfluenza.org.
0: We'll be right back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Stay
1: tuned. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast dedicated to keeping you in touch with many of today's most important issues and examining how those issues directly affect our traditional values.
0: And now, here is author and constitutional lawyer, Phyllis Schlafly.
3: Obama's executive amnesty will not only save the illegals from deportation, but will make them full participants in our taxpayer-subsidized Social Security and Medicare systems. A White House spokesman confirmed that if they pay in, they can draw out. Robert Shapiro, a former Clinton advisor, admitted that recipients of Obama's amnesty will draw more money out of the system than they contribute just like other social security recipients who work low-paying jobs heritage foundation poverty expert robert rector predicts that obama's executive amnesty for 4 million will cost us taxpayers 2 trillion dollars the minute obama's executive amnesty goes into effect tens of thousands of american workers will be in jeopardy of losing their jobs Obama's executive amnesty gives employers a significant financial incentive to lay off Americans and hire illegals. Here's the way this racket works. Current law states that all employers of 50 or more employees must provide Obama health coverage for their employees or pay a fine of $3,000 a year per employee. But employers are forbidden to provide Obamacare coverage for the new illegals just admitted by Obama. That gives employers a $3,000 per employee incentive to hire illegal aliens rather than native-born workers. As Dick Morris said, it will be a great line to feature on your resume. You came here illegally but are not eligible for Obamacare. That should put illegals at the head of the line of job applicants. Representative Lamar Smith commented, Obama just moved those who came here illegally to the front of the line, ahead of unemployed and underemployed Americans.
1: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Double-digit unemployment has been blamed on the economy, outsourcing of jobs to foreign countries, illegal aliens taking U.S. jobs, illiteracy, free trade, and Washington's misguided stimulus bill. At
0: EagleForum.org, we want to hear your opinion. Join the blog conversation with Phyllis Schlafly
1: at EagleForum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
0: Some good old bluegrass music, talking about our Christian heritage, something that you Muslims wouldn't understand, something you Muslims are trying to wipe out, something that you people who call yourself jihadists, something that you people who hate infidels would detest to even hear this, so this is dedicated to you. Take Me Away on Your Snow White Wings, songs about Jesus Christ, dying on a cross, spilling His blood for us, us folks that really don't deserve all that he done for us, but he done it in love of all humanity. But you know, there is a group of people out there, a band of people, whatever the hell you want to call them, Who don't believe in all of this? They who hate Christians. It's fairly evident. Every day they're beheading a Christian, raping a Christian, burning down a Christian home, destroying Christians by the thousands in the Middle East. Their churches, but yet they will want us to stand up and adore their religion, their so-called religion of peace. I've got news for them. There are people out there who are Christians. But there are people out there who are Christian soldiers. They have no fear. We have no fear. Of anything that you profess to do to we infidels. We will stand up to you. We will defeat you. We will beat you into the ground. It's coming. It might, might, it might not be today. It might not be next week. It might not be next year. But the jihadist. And the religion of Islam, it tries to overthrow the Western European nations, and my nation of the United States will be defeated. And you jihadists, and you people of Islam, you Muslims who pray out of the Koran and pray on your little prayer rugs every five, five days, uh, five times a day, go to your mosque and listen to all the hate that comes out of your iman's mouth calling infidels, heathens, whatever, it's you that are the heathens. It's you that have never escaped the 6th or 7th century. It's you that still live in a land of hate. It's you that practice a so-called religion that oppresses you and your family members. Not Christianity, not infidels. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be right back.
2: Under new federal law, tobacco manufacturers can no longer make cigarettes labeled or advertised as light, low, or mild. Many smokers mistakenly believe that these products cause fewer health problems than other cigarettes. Put out the myth. No matter what they taste, smell, or look like, all cigarettes are harmful to your health. There's no such thing as a safe cigarette. Quit today. For help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit www.smokefree.gov. I'm Dr. Joyce Brothers. How do you feel today? Stressed? You're not alone. Nearly 90% of us feel we have too much stress in our lives, and stress can seriously affect your health and emotional well-being. But you can take action to manage your stress and make it work for you. Take control of your stress and take control of your life.
0: For a free booklet on stress management, contact the Will Rogers Institute at 877-957-7575. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on the GAL Network all the way from South Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, and all you folks over in Europe that listened to the silver Tongue devil give the Rape of the Nation uh, report last night on the communist news media throughout the United States, better known as Probe to West. Uh, that's what Gary Gatehouse calls the mainstream media here in the United States, Pravda West. Is there any doubt, patriots, that we have a usurper in the White House? Is there any doubt that we have a usurper who bows down to Islam? And those folks who carry out jihadist terror attacks? We have a usurper in the White House who releases known terrorists from Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay knowing some will report back to the battlefield to go after and possibly kill some of our troops that are stationed over there. Does he care? Hell no, he don't care. We have a usurper in the White House that honors those that break our immigration laws. As a matter of fact, sets them up uh, for honor in the first person's guest box during the Rape of the Nation speech last night. We have a usurper that honors illegals, gutter snipes, communists, Castro being one, and then once all the assembled in their seats for the speech last night, and the usurper gets up and raises his arms and starts talking about how great he is and all the things that he accomplished in his six years. Absolutely nothing, nada. But to listen to him, he saved the world. He saved the United States. He saved Western Europe. He saved the environment. He saved the taxpayer. He saved the children. He saved the moms and dads. He saved Christians. He did it all. But in actual fact, if you look at his record, he didn't do a damn thing but caused all kinds of problems. But once all these folks were assembled and sitting in their seats to listen to the Great One stand in front of his congregation and preach his communist doctrine to the world during his, his Rape of the Nation speech last night. All the rhinos and all the Democrats took their paws and when there was a time appointed, I guess, they all jumped out of their seats and jumped and clapped and yelled and screamed. And then when the time is right, they sit back down dutifully. And when the next assigned time came up in his speech, they jumped back up and clapped and yelled and screamed again. And they did this in front of the European, European nation and the American nation as the usurper stood there and spewed his communist doctrine. The American people watched. And most American people that watched continued on business as usual. No problem, no biggie. No big thing. Obama's just up there bumping his gums. But you know, folks, the reality of the thing is Obama and his minions should be thrown out. And in Obama's case impeached. But that will never happen. Why? Because Republicans are scared to death of the so called first half black president. What a sham. What a lie. What a farce. Our government is all assembled under one roof last night for a night of backslapping, handshaking, and yes, ass kissing. When will America have enough of this? And when will America, the ones who pay attention, rise up? When will they voice their opinion loud enough for those in Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, to hear? The District of Corruption. When will the American people come together as a nation, as a people, not Democrats, not Republicans, not independents, but as Americans, and tell the people in Washington, D.C., that's it, we've had enough, you're finished, you're done. When will this happen? You know, us people that pay attention, us people that speak out and do as much as we can have been waiting for this to happen for at least 10 years, at least 10 years, if not more but it hasn't happened. The last great uprising was in the 90s, the Tea Party. They are the last group of people to stand up shoulder to shoulder and voice their opinion in public, in private, and tell those in power that we've had enough. We've had enough of this crap. We're done with it. And we want to live by the Constitution. We want to, our country to go back to the republic it is supposed to be. We want our, uh, Congress to honor the Constitution and the laws of the land. And they spoke out. They spoke out in a great number. The media tried to put them down. The government tried to put them down, but they fought back. Where are they now? I don't hear any of them on the national stage. Oh, sure, one gave a speech last night that some heard. Most of the media didn't cover. Where is the Tea Party now? Where are the folks that were in the crowd carrying the signs? Where are they now? Why hasn't it grown? What's a report on the Tea Party? What's the health of the Tea Party? Nobody knows. It's so scattered and so splintered. There are so many factions of it. And Obama and Congress, they do what they damn well please. They do what they damn well please. But you know, if you look at headlines that were coming out today, headlines that reflect what the Communist Democrat Party and their sheeple... Their minions are up to. A headline reads, liberals push dental coverage for all, health insurance for illegals, and more. And head, under the headline, it reads, at a time when Republicans are trying to roll back certain provisions of the Affordable Care Act, if not the entire law, a liberal advocacy group is looking ahead to, to this next round of taxpayer-subsidized health care reform. Now, ladies and gentlemen of America, we all know that the Republicans... Blow a lot of smoke. I used to be one. I got sick and tired of the games they played. I got sick and tired of them fading into the shadows and never opening their mouth. Except when it was it was conducive to them keeping power in their little niche within the confines of Washington, D.C. and the beltway. You see, they didn't want to cause any ripples in the pond. Another headline reads, More Communist Left Wants and Demands. Communist Charlie Rangel says free college imp, important to the security of the United States. Representative Communist Charlie Rangel from New York said, Two years of free college is really so important to the security of the United States. In other words, what he is really saying is, Free college for all. And I would guess, come on down on legals, this means you too. Free college what he's really saying is pay back to the National Education Association for they fall on their swords at every opportunity. They get out and vote for the Communist Democrats. What he's really saying is we need to get every child, every young adult in college so we can proceed to brainwash them, indoctrinate them. That's what, the, that's what Charlie Rangel is saying. Because you see, public school, education, university, it is the indoctrination arm of the communist democrat party. And their movement to change America forever. From an independent, self-sufficient population to one of depending on the central communist government for everything from cradle to grave. That's their main objective. That's what they want. They're not looking out for the people. They want the people. They want to control them. But you know, us people that pay attention, us people in America, we the people, and you folks in Europe too, there is so much coming at us from all sides, from the government, from the lack of providing security for our country, to robbing us of our freedoms, our money, our very way of life. It's hitting us in the face every day. From Muslims to illegals to wars, you name it, grabbing more of our money out of our paychecks and telling us we have to give more because we just ain't giving enough. And all the people that sit on their ass and do nothing, it ain't fair that they don't have the same kind of cars and house and all the benefits that you folks, like you and I, work our butts off to earn. It just ain't fair that those folks that sit on their ass don't have the same things. So Obama said, I'm going to spread the wealth around. I'm going to take it from the people who worked their ass off, made it to the top, it ain't fair. It just ain't fair. They're victims, those poor people are. They're victims of society, of all you rich people, of all you middle class people. That's what he was preaching last night. He was preaching the ideology. He was preaching the gospel of communism to the American people via Pravda West mainstream media, the propaganda arm of the United States government and United States Communist Democrat Party. That's what he was doing. He wasn't doing anything else. He wasn't saying anything else. He wasn't really, uh, heaping praise on hard-working Americans. He's telling hard-working Americans I want more of your money. I have nothing against a billionaire a millionaire. I figure most of them, 99% of them, work their ass off and went up through the ranks to earn that money. Nobody gave them money to start out on. They made it themselves. I have nothing against them. But Obama does. He hates America. He hates hardworking individuals. He hates anybody that speaks out against his narcissist ass. Obama is a fake, a fraud, a usurper. And he shouldn't be in the White House. Obama, he he heaps hate on us. Every day. Through legislation. Executive order. Speeches. And he stands up there and looks around. He reminds me of a black Mussolini. With his chin up, looking around at this great unwashed underneath him. Saying, "Uh, you little peasants... I'm going to give you some stuff, but by God, you ought to be thankful of it. That's Obama. That's a Communist Democrat Party. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, communism today, via the Communist Democrat Party, has filtered into our Christian churches of America. It has filtered into into our public school system. And I ask all these leaders in the Christian community, True Christians. Why is it taking so long to speak out against all of this? Speak your mind. Speak out against communism, the very subject, the very issue, the very ideology that is sacred to the communist left. Why has it not been done? Why isn't America standing up to all this? Freedom of speech? Oh, it's there. It's there in glowing terms as long as you speak good of them. Free speech. Has communism filtered into the Christian churches of America? Yes. Is our Christian faith being diluted by the new America way of looking at all things as political? Yes. Why is it that as long as true Christians, true Americans speak their mind on any given issue or subject held sacred by the communist left, speaking in glowing terms, of course, it's okay, but if the truth is spoken, well, freedom of speech is automatically shut down, either by the commentary, the blog, newscast, character assassination, or all the tools that the communist left has in its little character assassination toolbox. Speak wrongly about any issue the communist left is pushing and you or your organization will be raked over the coals by the communist Pravda West media, better known as the ones who are the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party or the mainstream media, if you will. But you know, when conservatives or Christians take on the left they are not only battling the Communist Democrat Party, they are battling the propaganda arm of the prop of the party, Pravda West, or as I say, and most know what I've called it for a long time, Pravda West, the mainstream media. They are well-versed in character assassination of anybody that would speak out against the Communist Democrat Party or their savior, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. But I promise all my listeners this. The Gary Gatehouse Show... We'll continue to do battle with the communist left here in our country and abroad. Our show will be relentless in exposing what they, the communist democrat party, the muslims, the jihadists, whoever. I will continue to shine a light on what they really stand for and you can take that to the bank. This is Gary Gatehouse of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, broadcasting on the GAL Network all the way from South Texas. Wishing you a great day. Wishing you a great Wednesday. Hope you have a safe Wednesday. Don't forget to tune in to the Gary Gatehouse Show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can catch me on Facebook under Gary Gatehouse Entertainer. You can catch me. uh, Just Google Gary Gatehouse. You'll come up with numerous sites that you can listen to the show to Whatever you want to do, read some of the stuff Gary has, a big blog, has a big blog up there that he posts on, comments, etc. Go there and have a look. And if you want to contact me, you can contact me at GaryGatehouse at Hush, h u s h dot com. GaryGatehouse at Hush dot com. Drop me an email. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you're thinking. Let, you, let me know if you have any ideas on how to improve the show, what to say, what not to say. Just drop me an email. This be another one of those that I have to read and love to read. Don't get me wrong. I love to get emails from Europe. As a matter of fact, I get more emails in, in the last few weeks from European folks than I do Americans. I guess it's because I've been talking about the Muslim threat in Europe. Because you see here in America, most Americans, not all, but most don't even think it's a threat. They don't even pay attention to it. But you Europeans are waking up. You're finally waking up. My countrymen will someday. I hope. Until Friday, this is Gary Gatehouse wishing you a great day. Until Friday, pray for our country, pray for your country, pray for our children, your children, my children, and remember, we folks that are now adults in Western Europe and America, we are the caretakers of our country and our freedoms, don't ever forget that. Because there's people. In line, way down the line, that we will never meet our ancestors from our our grandchildren and our great grandchildren on. That will never know us, but we are going to be have to face up to the legacy of what we left them, or they are anyway. Are we going to leave them a nice, beautiful country with freedoms to grow up in, or is it going to be some trash heap ran by a bunch of third world Muslims and communists and other people that just don't give a damn? It's up to us. We're the caretakers. Until Friday, this is Gary Gatehouse. Good day.